Marriage counselling was because I was ready to leave the relationship and I felt like I owed it to my relationship to do it right. You can be the most incredible human being yeah. and still get cheated on. When it reaches a certain point of conversation verbally, he just turned to a caveman. Had you had someone to talk to, do you think you would have stayed as long? When they were like, oh, so you're divorced of a child. Ooh, I don't know about that. Mm. <laughs> Islamically, from my perspective, men have no rights over women or no state over women. Time is money, so spend yours listening to me talk about things that are important to me and my people. Time is money. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of the third series. I'm back with Hebs. Heba, Mama Hebs, from Growing Up British, and we are going to dive straight in. Yeah, check the t-shirt. <laughs> if you want a little reminder of what we spoke about last episode, you can listen here. My mum and my auntie, like, literally cornered me and said, like, you're not going to get married to this guy. And mum's like, well, you're not going to come back to London. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of wow. Bollywood movie is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, And I remember, like, her, just, her mum was just, I think it was like her final straw mm. of what can she do. Bear in mind, she hadn't met him. Mm. This was just the the idea that's scaring them, like yeah. their daughters now, like they went through the whole 10 chapters of my life mm. of like assumptions and negative assumptions. And they just built up this this level of like fear. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, I'm, how am I in Egypt crying like in a corner of the room, just going like, my parents are already doing this to me. And we're gonna drive straight in. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So you've decided to go through with the marriage, first mm-hmm. marriage number one by this point. How was the integration of your family and him? Because I've heard you speak on a previous podcast about how if he was North African, for example, there would have been way less expectations or pressure on him to be what they wanted, your family. Yeah. And because he wasn't, he ha- he was, I think you said once that he was told randomly just to recite something from the Quran. <laughs> and like that would never have happened no. through like other family members who've actually married, you know, North African men or whatever. Um, They've never been yeah, checked. My older sister got married to Egyptian exactly. and it was just like oh I know your dad great exactly. man yeah that was it like it was no oh come with me Friday prayers please mm. prove to me you're Muslim mm. <laughs> it's just like yeah he had to jump through hoops he had to jump through hoops it was very unrealistic you have to buy a house <laughs> before you get married not rent buy a house you have to have a wedding you have to have this you need there was so many high expectations but in that, from their perspective, they're just trying to foolproof it because this is what they, this is not what they wanted, basically. And so the fact that you're going ahead with something they don't want, then they need to put in extra mm. precautions, basically. But they were unrealistic and unachievable for someone mm. our age, mm-hmm. like on our wages that were on. It just wasn't fair because, like, my sisters weren't pressured to to buy a house. Mm. But I'm like, it's just unrealistic. Mm. Like, be like, let's be real. Like, do you? So we end up sacrificing having a wedding. Probably grateful for that because it would have been noise. <laughs> Thankfully, buying a house probably has been the best thing for me because, you know, even though it got a bit techy and he ended up with half, even though not paying the mortgage, my son still has some money aside yeah. for his future. Mm-hmm. And that's all I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm never a homeowner again, just to know that I can give my son something my parents couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm humble. You about start that. a generational wealth. That's it, hopefully. Yeah. Defo, man. Come on. <laughs> That's it. Okay, fine. So you start the marriage. What? Because yeah, I'm so intrigued because you've even spoken on another podcast about how you had marriage counselling and so much. And I know these are things which aren't easy to do from 
ethnic minority cultures mm. basically so I want to know how that went down like what was it what did you give yourself a timeline were you like okay cool first year I'm not expecting it to be great but now this is a bit do you know what I mean how did it go so at first I made a very conscious effort of acknowledging that the highest rate of divorces in the first year of marriage first three years because mm-hmm. people have a an expectation of marriage mm-hmm. maybe like a warped expectation a fantasy expectation of marriage they fall in love with the wedding then they do the marriage so I was very mindful like, there's a little bit of wisdom in me, which is, hold tight. If it gets hard, that's just part of it. Mm. So I was like, I'm not going to give up. The beauty of marriage is when you're in a situation and you argue, you can't just walk out yeah. and call it a day. Mm-hmm. You have to come back and we need to mm-hmm. face it. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> I got married to someone who, red flags, before that, would, every time you argue, would, like, smash their phone or walk out their car or do something quite abrupt, punch mm-hmm. in a wall, and then be like, look what you made me do, kind of energy. And I'm just like, oh. mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, once we live together, it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really. So every time we, we argued, he'd quit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boo, we're married. <laughs> you can't be quitting every two minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's not the, what I saw at home. My mom, my mom, firstly, my dad would never shout at my mum. Mm-hmm. He'd beat us up. <laughs> but then there's a level of respect that he gave to the mother of his children. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was just like, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep repeating a narrative that you've been raised on or what you've been exposed to. Like, this is a next level now. You're in a marriage. Mm. You can't just quit every single time things get hard. But you can have space. Mm -hmm. You want to go for a walk. You want to get in your car. Mm. Go do a circle. Go see your boys. But don't quit Mm. on me. And Mm. then go, I didn't mean it. I was just really, like, angry. Because I can't deal with it. Mm. And I remember one time, it got really bad. And I said to him... He's ready to leave again. I said, the next time you leave, leave the keys behind. I said, because I will not have anyone quit on me again who I'm supposedly married to. Mm. I said, if you want to walk away and go for a walk and cool down, respectfully do your thing. But you're not going to keep quitting on me. So I think that was the hardest part is because we entered a situation with the hope things will get better. But they just probably just got worse Mm -hmm. because we're now in each other's space. 24-7. All the time. Yeah. And I wanted to have a... A marriage, and he just wanted to just move from his mum's yard <laughs> to his yard and do exactly the same thing. Mm. But or you were also at different stages in, in, in life as well. I think well, I thought he was older. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so for him, he might be more at a stage where now it's like he just wants to settle, but not settle down, settle. So he might just want to just chill in a yard and, do you know what I mean, not really. Whereas you're just like, okay, next step, let's go, let's do this, let's do yeah, that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's another thing about being on the same wavelength. Well, that's it, 100%. And I think when it came down to it, it's like, how do we serve each other? And I can't stress that enough to people. It's like, how do people serve your soul? Not how will he provide for you? Because at any point, like he could be earning six figures. He can fall ill. His company might make him... Make, him make, make you redundant. redundant. That's it. Damn. I was like, resign you. Make you redundant. They can yeah. resign you. <laughs> but yeah, they can make you redundant. You can be the best team. You can be a boss. You can be whatever. But if you're depending solely on that, sis are going to be disappointed Mm. so for me it's just like I looked at an overall thing but I think I held on to literally little baby hairs of things Mm. but look at this look at this look at this okay so I was mindful marriage is going to be difficult I was taught don't tell me your problems my parents said to me don't never tell me your problems unless you're ready to like to move on them to yeah because here's the reality and I'm very pro this Mm. which is don't keep telling people your problems, your marital problems, because they'll remember every single time yeah. they upset you. Yeah. And they will hold on to that. Mm-hmm. When Can't you guys be objective. That's it. Mm-hmm. So the minute you guys make up and you're all lovey dovey, it's like, oh, 
they're like, but he's the guy that disrespected you. Yeah. Or he's the guy that did this to you. So yeah. my dad always said to me, Hebs, don't tell me anything unless you want me to step in. Mm. Until that point, like when I've left my house and come and stayed out here at their house, he's like, go to sleep. And in the morning, you go back to your husband. Wow. <laughs> but not in the sense of go to danger. No, 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 no. But, but just you've made your bed lie in it kind of thing. Kind of. But also, I don't want to change my view of mm. your husband. Mm-hmm. Especially after all the work we've done to actually like him now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And the thing is, that's all. I, to be honest, one of my proudest moments is that I had their true blessing. Mm. Like, it was as much as they were reluctant for different reasons, not yeah. because he was an idiot. They didn't know he was an idiot. Mm. They just knew he was different to them and they were just reluctant about it. But mm. I, I held their hand, got their approval. And I got their blessing. Mm. So when it ended, it wasn't, ha-ha, told you. It was, he's the father of a child. Yeah. The respect was there. My mum mm. was still embracing him with a hug, even though she found out everything afterwards. Mm. She was like, that's still the father of a child. And they put a lot of respect on that. Good. And so for me, it's like, I, I don't care that it failed <laughs> because mm. I got my parents' blessing. Mm. There's a lot of people in the same cultures that fail all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Or they're living in it yeah. so unhappily. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't really dwell on the divorce part. Mm. Because that's part of my, my growth, part of life process, what God going to do for me, whatever it is, mm. however you want to see it. But it's just the fact that I was able to do it in like the most positive way mm. throughout, which is I wasn't just completely selfish. Mm-hmm. And I was really trying my best to just get everyone on board mm-hmm. and do things correctly rather than I'm going to do what I want because I'm big. Yeah. I want something I really loved about when you spoke about it once was how a lot of the time when you come from these kind of backgrounds and you do want to start a relationship with someone who's different a lot of women or men are very put off by the fact that their family don't want to accept and they'll just be like oh my parents are so backward and they're this and they're that I'm not going to bother you know whatever but you said you actually put a lot of time and I can hear obviously you did into helping your parents get to that point yeah and islamically they were in the wrong mm. And despite my marriage failing, well done to every single Sherlock person in my comments who go, well, it failed. And it's just like, yeah, so what? Like, it happens. But Islamically, I was just in a lecture the other day where the, the imam was speaking and telling the parents, stop making your children get married to people they don't love. Mm. Stop stopping people from getting married to different races. Mm-hmm. Because you're not familiar with it. Because Islamically, this isn't what it's about. But mm. just obviously, it, it's more complicated mm. when cultures integrate. But don't let that be a dictating reason to deprive your children from what that because they're like sinning is for free. Mm. Sex is just given to you on a plate from the DMs to anywhere else. You can walk down the street and get what you want. Mm-hmm. But to have someone who wants to honor your child and you're saying no because of race, you're literally telling your child, well, go ahead and sin. Yeah. Because I'm going to make you either get married to someone you don't want to get married and you'll end up having an affair with someone else. Or you're going to end up with a divorce and children that aren't happy and you're going to ruin your children's future Mm. over just letting go of your own ego and your own ignorance. And fear. Fear. It is literally all fear. Okay. So integrating cultures. I can't imagine an environment where that would be harder than when you're raising a child. Um, So was that the case for you? Culture, no. Faith, a little bit. Okay. I think, like, family-wise, my mum and his mum had a lot in common. They both were, like, cooks, very old school. They loved to feed. They were, like, garden fingers. They both love cats. Like, I was just like, y'all the same. (laughs) But they just sound different (laughs) and look different. So in the sense of that, my my mum was easy to speak to. My mum and dad are very kind people, Mm -hmm. very softly spoken. Mum's quite funny, actually, as she's gotten older. So they're just just a vibe. Mm -hmm. And his mum was easy, very caring. 
So the integration part was easy. They respected the fact that I was Muslim mm-hmm. and that he was Muslim. So they were making everything halal. Mm-hmm. So they're very like, and also a lot of Caribbean households have halal food yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. They prefer to go to halal's butchers. Mm-hmm. So everything be halal in <laughs> when it comes to food. When it came to Christmas, if I turn up to Christmas, they'll be like, we made some carrot juice or whatever. And it's got no, or punch with no alcohol in it. Mm. And I'm like, they're very accommodating. And I okay. appreciate that. Bye. And that obviously came through to Khalil, your your son as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, when my ex-husband has my son, he gives him, like, turkey bacon that makes sure everything's all halal, everything's to this day, and my son's eight years old. Okay, fine. So they're very accommodating. (laughs) Where it got tricky is Khalil was born, circumcised, that was fine. Both families approve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then his mum was like, so when are we going to christen Khalil? And I'm like, oh, baby. (laughs) And she's like, what do you mean? Because this is where, like... Even as Christians, yeah. we mix culture with faith because mm. it's culturally mm-hmm. a tradition to do. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, we need to christen Khalil. I'm like, babes, you got to speak to your mum still, you know, because mm. <laughs> there's no christening happening here. So that was kind of heartbreaking for her. I felt bad because as a parent, I understand mm. things to look forward to. Mm. But she's had other grandchildren. Okay. So it's not like it's her first. There you go, exactly. <laughs> so I just said to her mum, I'm really sorry. Like, I appreciate it and I love you, but there's no christening. Mm. And I just said to her, it completely contradicts what I'm trying to do here. Mm. So she was cool with that. She respected it. I think that's probably been it. And also, maybe different understandings of marriage. Mm. So it was kind of hard. So when you come to marital issues, yeah, you can't really come and speak to certain people who don't carry the same values mm-hmm. as you. So mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was very hard for me to confine in them. Right. So is that what then led you to go to marriage counselling? No, marriage counselling was because I was ready to lead the relationship and I felt like I, I owed it to my relationship to do it right. Mm. To just go through everything. Every step of the way, you fought. You really did. Yeah, because I don't know. You fought at the beginning to get it in. You fought during the marriage to get it working. Then you even fought at the end when you're out the door to finish it properly. Yeah, because to me, it's like, I don't know where, where it's God testing me and when he's trying to tell me like girl quit Mm. so I don't know Mm. I don't know Mm. so I'm like until I've actually covered everything I've done family intervention with his family exposed him to his family first how did that go um the first exposure pre-marriage of of cheating I said these people look up to you like you're god's gift Mm. let me just humble them nice Mm. I said that your son's a cheater (laughs) your your brother's a cheater your uh, uncle's a cheater Mm. I was raw I felt like he had to be humbled a little bit. Yeah. Because he thinks he's invincible. But I'm like, you literally disrespected me so openly. Yeah. I'm not going to put you on blast. No one knew you cheated on me. People are probably not going to learn until they see this. Wow. And it's because I'm not here for that energy. Mm. I'm not here, not because I'm ashamed. I'm not like, this. that's a you problem, not me. Yeah. And that's another thing. A lot of us, when we get cheated on, we're like... What could I have done differently? How could I behave? What do I lack in? To have made him go and do that. Yeah, and it's like, is it because I look a certain way? Or is mm. it because whatever? You can be the most incredible human being yeah. and still get cheated on. Mm-hmm. And I had to accept and let go of that. Mm. Because I had to just accept there's nothing that I did wrong to stop punishing myself for it. Mm. But no, there's no, there's never a shame in behind it. So basically... Telling them everything was, I thought, a humbling moment. For the record, he didn't cheat in a marriage. Hmm. Um, okay, so maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, as far as I know, he didn't cheat. Uh, you know when, like, you don't really know the whole truth? Yeah. But you just know what you find out. 
But I, I don't think he had the ability to cheat. His he was too complacent at home. Okay. To like want to go have out the and cheat. energy to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you just about combine nappies. Like <laughs> I don't. I mean, then again, when it comes to getting a little sons, and men will go distance. Some men. How years or time into your marriage was it until Khalil was born? Two years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So we kind of decided. Like a year and a half in, he'd passed probation in a new job. He'd been going from job to job and he was that guy that just was always like blaming other people for everything. And I'm just mm. like, okay, cool. Well, we're going to help you find another job and keep persevering. Mm. You fighting again. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like every single job application was me. But I'm just like, maybe he'll finally appreciate his job. Maybe he'll like, you know, stop complaining and being a victim and just eventually just run with it. But again, naive Heber. So, yeah, so then he got a new job, passed probation. And I'm like, children? Like, yeah, let's do it. I always say, make sure both parties are on board. Yeah. Because we're both reluctant and anxious for different reasons. Mm. But the worst thing you want is to get pregnant and the other person's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. So no, when we had Khalil, it was purely... Joy. Yeah, it was good. Fine. But our relationship was toxic. It was toxic from before we got married. It got worse after we got mm. married. There's something about the way... I won't even say the way he was raised. I don't think he was raised that way, based on the way I know his mum. But he was given different presidencies in his circle, in his environment, where he felt like it was okay to disrespect women. Mm. And I felt like every time we'd argue, I was his enemy. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd argue with him over something very tiny, it was like, it erupted into mm. layers chapters of arguments unpacking things from like nothing what i realized is every single argument was never really resolved Mm. it was just boiling at the bottom waiting for it to just go crazy Mm -hmm. so every argument we had would lead to disrespect (laughs) even like a conversation would lead to an argument a debate would lead to an argument and it becomes insulting disrespectful threatening got violent a few times again i don't think i've ever disclosed this before and I can safely say I've never ever put my hands on him. Mm. But the most I've done is like protect myself. Mm. And even then it was just like, if I was to protect myself and accidentally hit him, then he would try and like continue mm. as opposed to snap out of it. Mm. So yeah, unfortunately that didn't get anywhere. But I couldn't tell anyone. Mm. Like his family didn't know for a very long time. My family only knew after it ended. Yeah, because you were told, don't come to me until you're ready for me to... And I wasn't ready to like step out yeah i just thought maybe he'll change and was a big force for that because you'd had your son yeah and i think our killer was born premature my was broke at 25 weeks and he was born at 27 weeks <laughs> and the doctor was like you have no infection so your wart either broke from stress Mm-mm. like extreme stress or like physical altercation mm. and i said to him i'm extremely stressed mm-hmm. And the night before, there was a physical altercation between us. Wow. And then when my waters broke... Even when you're pregnant. Thing is, okay, let me just be very clear in a quick disclaimer. He wasn't some... And I'm not just saying this to make it sound like all cute. Mm. He wasn't someone who was like a violent human being. Wow. He just didn't know how to deal with confrontation. When it reaches a certain point of conversation verbally, he just turned to a caveman. He wow. didn't come in and be like, hey, bitch. And then like, no, beat. No, no, not no, at no, all. Like, no. it was a very rare thing. Mm. But because I had to also walk on eggshells. Mm. Okay, how am I going to address this yeah. problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How am I going to talk to him about how I feel without him having his back against the wall? Mm. How am I going to start my first sentence? In the right way to not start something. Where his face isn't going to screw and go, 
all right, cool, she's coming for beef. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like, baby, I'm your wife. Yeah. Like, I'm not your enemy. Like, I don't mm. see why you're always trying to fight me for. I, mm. And I remind him, like, remember who you're talking to. Mm. I don't disrespect you. I don't mm. do this. So I think he's he's got very strong narcissistic values in him. But he'll never recognise it to this day. Like a true narcissist. Yeah, and I think a lot of narcissists don't know they're narcissists. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. But I remember we were in the labour room and he sat next to me. And said, if this is my fault, I'm really sorry. I said, don't apologise to me, apologise to God. I said, what am I going to say at this point? Am I going to fight you? That's (laughs) a mad one, really. Wow. Because if my son dies tomorrow, that's on you. Like, I'm not going to say nothing. And then every time someone asks me, like, you know, why do your waters break? I'm like, because I genuinely don't know. Mm. I'm like, stress. Mm. Whether it's physical stress... Or I was carrying emotional. so much emotional stress, mm. which I was, because mm. our house was very hard to live in. Mm. Um, it was hostile. It was quiet at times. It was passive aggressive. Had you had someone to talk to, do you think you would have stayed as long? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But I felt like it lasted for as long as it needed to last. Okay. I could have stayed for longer. I could have stayed for a lot longer. Because yeah. there are so many women. Oh, yes. Tell me about it. After I left, so many women will be like, but that's just normal. Yeah, literally. So you're going to break up your home. Leave your kid from a two-parent to a one-parent family. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's like, because he he has a bit of a temper or whatever, but, you know, your child needs two parents. And I'm like, so do you think my child... There was two incidents where my child was next to me Mm. after my son was born. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. That was it. That was literally my final straw. My final straw was... Marriage counselling and the marriage counsellor finding out there was domestic abuse and saying we have to stop marriage counselling mm. and he needs anger management. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her, I cried and I said, this is the last time I'm going to see you because I knew for a fact he won't do it. Yeah. And the minute I told him and he said, we had like individual sessions, mm. so we had like joint sessions, yeah. went individually where I opened up. And then it was confirmed, but his response is always, well, what did you do? Mm. What did you say for me to get this angry? And I'm just like, baby, you're in charge of yourself. I ain't name calling you. I ain't cussing out your mum. Mm. I ain't disrespecting you. I'm not confronting you. I'm not throwing you nothing at your face. I'm not coming to your face. There's nothing here mm. which justifies you behaving this way. Mm-hmm. Walking out is the most appropriate thing. Mm. Or just learning how to communicate like a human being. Mm. So <laughs> when they said he needs anger management, he said, what about you? What do you need? Because you're part of the problem. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> this ain't going to run. So he's like, yeah, yeah I'll, do, I'll do anger management for this day. No anger management. And I said to him, do it for your son. Mm. Do it for you because you deserve to be a different version of you. Yeah. You deserve to not walk around with so much anger and frustration and victim mindset. You're oppressing your character by dealing with life like this. Mm. Because you could be this far in life. But you're just literally putting yourself down here. Mm. So despite me going through it, <laughs> I was still trying to support him. Literally. Because I was just like, well, no one's here to guide him. He's got no dad or no active father. He's got no friends that know what he's like when he's mm. angry. So I'm just saying, give yourself a chance. Get help. But yeah, what about you? I'm like, but it's, <laughs> it's not a fight, bro. Mm. Like, get yourself help because you have a child that like, looks up to you. Mm. And also because even if we split... You give you like give yourself a, an opportunity just to grow. 
So how did you, when you said, when you made that decision that this was going to be it now, how, what did that look like? What was the process? Because you've got a house, you've got a married to do a divorce, you've got a lot of moving parts. So how does that look? Uh, I just pulled a plug. And I pulled a plug because he used to do this thing where he'd stop me from seeing my son. We're in mid-argument. Bear in mind, this guy <laughs> goes from zero to 100, sweating, mm. face red, so, like literally intensely sweating. That's how much his body reacts. When I say caveman, I'm, it's not a disrespect, but for some reason, you hit a threshold of conversation and you just don't know, you just erupt. And whenever he'd reach that point, <laughs> and I'm emotional and crying, he'd be like, you can't be around our son when you're like this. And I'm like... You're the one that's physically like intimidating to me, mm. and like all well, my son's hiding because he can see what's happening, mm. and you'll prevent me from seeing my own child. Firstly, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm a mother, mm. like a mummy bear is so real. I will F you over <laughs> if you stop me, any human being, stop me from seeing my child, and that instinct kicks in. Yeah, so I said to him, Please don't ever stop me from seeing my child. I know if I was to try and do something to him, he'll do something to me, and we'll both end up dead. Like, he got peak. <laughs> so wow. then, so then again, disclaimer, never touch this guy to this day. Mm. And then it reached a point where after those two physical altercations happened in front of Khalil, the last one was him telling me, I can't go see my son again. And I said to my, and I told my mum at this point what was happening. Were you living separately? No, I was in the house. I was uh, trying to go upstairs. Oh, okay. So he means you can't go upstairs. Like, you, you're not entering the room where my son is. And you'll go like, oh, my son. Da, 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 da. Mm. And I'm just like, you can't do this to me. And I said to my mum, I remember at some point, I said to her, mama, I have a feeling that one day I'm going to erupt. And when I erupt, erupt we're going to lose Khalil. Mm-mm. And by this point, I'd reached a point where I said, this is it, this is my final straw. So I saw what was going to happen. I tried to go upstairs and he prevented me physically, then did something to me. And I said, yeah, this is it. Yeah. This is my breaking point. We're going to end up in hospital. Mm-hmm. I called the police and he was removed. That was the end of it. And I'm not the, I'm doing this for attention. I'm doing this nice. I can see <laughs> the danger. Mm-hmm. I can see how my son's life is about to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to be in, in, a, in a social services environment. My son will never be held in any situation. I will not normalize this behavior. I will not make it okay. I will not make him think this is what respect looks like. Do you know what I mean? So I have a juicy upon, my, upon myself. He's two years old. Mm. What happens next dictates his life. So true. Yeah. Because I've seen women hit men mm. and the man still does nothing. Mm. I'm not even hit, I'm not even hitting. I'm not even disrespecting you. Yeah. I'm just getting emotional. And understandably. Oh my God. It's not like you're getting emotional over nothing. No, God. but then it's just ultimately I made a decision for my son. I could have stayed in a relationship. I've been there for 11 years. So what's another 10? Yeah. You know, we can can just... Because this is the thing. So many people say, oh, when they're old enough, when they go off to finish school, when they do this, when they they do that. And that was one of the first things that really caught my attention about you because I knew from how you spoke, the kind of background you came from and what you probably would have been told in terms of marriage being the most important sacred commitment. So therefore I knew how much you would have valued it. So to walk away from it despite it again by some people's standards not being that bad to me that's horrendous no, but to a lot of people you, like, exactly and to a yeah. lot of people that's still not you know he was there oh yeah, he yeah. Was this he yeah. was that is what you would have heard so 
The use of walked away is really, really admirable. And I'm glad that you know that as well. No, 100%, I have no regrets. Mm. Like, genuinely, my son is thriving so beautifully. He's got an active dad, which is him. The way he treats his son is completely different. Pillow mm. is looked after so well okay. by him. Wow. They don't do the lot together. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not proactive in mm-hmm. his life, but he exists. Mm-hmm. And he's serving some purpose where my son is thriving. Yes. He's happy with the bare minimum. Cool. I'm not going to like, talk trash about your dad. At some point, there was a manipulation. It was like, why don't you ask mummy why we're not together anymore? And I'm just like, my son will never know the truth. Yeah. All I say is, mummy and daddy love you so much. And daddy's always happy when he's with you. I'm always happy when I'm with you. Mm. And he's seen arguments. I said, do you like this? He's like, no. I said, then it's probably for the best. Just focus on the fact that you get to have two very Access happy to parents. to mum and dad, exactly. But... People want to hear, like, part of my journey. I don't want to go into detail. And so they're like, right, you're cold. You know, you just locked him off. Mm. You just ended it. And I'm just like, if only you knew Trust me. what I had to go through. Yeah. Like, even when I was done, yeah. I still stayed. Yeah. Even when I was done, 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 mm. I still stayed. Mm. Like, I thought about everything. But then it reached a point where I'm just like, you didn't care that my son was sitting next to me when you did this. You might regret it afterwards. Mm. But in that moment your anger fury takes over and that's dangerous if you're not going to work on that and for the fact that i've had to control my feelings Mm -hmm. and not fight back not erupt on him i knew my own strength and i knew like my sisters call me the hulk because they know i'm strong i want to do something i'm gonna do it Mm. but for me to be so calculative to how i'm reacting when i'm hurting Mm -hmm. is a lot to ask for Mm. so for me i knew my breaking point and i can see it Mm. and i said if i break today all they're going to see is a crazy woman and they won't understand. But for the record, some people go, oh, don't talk about something if you're, if you're not going to report it. It's all been reported. Every time an incident took place, I reported to the police. Social services did get involved wow. in the beginning before it ended. This is before like the final straw. Mm. But they'll come in, they'll go, perfectly fit mum, loving household. Dad obviously lives, loves the son. I never forced... I didn't make him jump through obstacles to see his son because it's mm. not fair. I didn't stop him from not seeing his son because that's also unfair. Because how he treated me and how he treated Khalil, two different people. Okay. So for me to be emotional and go, well, you can't see your son. There are times where I'm like, well, burn you in your life. Mm. <laughs> but my son loves you. Mm. My son cries over you. Mm-hmm. He misses you. Yeah. So you have 24 access to your child. For as long as you're respectful towards my son, I have no reason to stop you from seeing each other. This is the thing, amicableness and how we navigate it. But it's one-sided amicableness. I see. <laughs> yeah, so I did report it and there was a court hearing and I just pulled out last minute. And the reason why I pulled out, I spoke to a lawyer and there were so many charges. And then they said, I said, will he get help? They're like, he'll have a criminal record. Mm. I said, will he get any help? They're like, no. I said, if he ends up in jail... We get help there. They're like, no, unless he wants to seek it or whatever. There'll be no enforced help. Yeah. I said, so my son's going to be deprived of his dad. Naturally. He's, He's going to be a, a black man record. in jail. Or with potentially. A yeah. Whether it's whatever it is, however it looks like. He, he's already struggling financially. He's mm. going to struggle even harder. There's no perks here. Mm. There's no growth. And mm. some people might be like, well, he needs to learn. He deserves it. That's not going to teach him. And that's not. He's going to be, if, if God forbid he'd gone to prison or he had been given something, and that's another reason to have a chip on your shoulder for yeah. the rest of your life against yeah. more people. Yeah. So for me, I just said, you know what, there's no benefit here for my child. Mm. I said, I'd rather him have an active father 
we haven't had an occupation order in place, had a non-molestation order in place. Mm-hmm. He knew his lane. You're safe and you're protected. Yeah, basically. And he's had a few incidents where he got emotional when he's pulled out to my house, like in the recent years. Mm. And straight away now, I just safeguard the situation. Mm. I don't, I don't entertain it. I just like you're emotional right now. You're paranoid right now. That's a you problem. I'm not engaging in this. I just take the right protocols. So how did you explain to Khalil, or is it like a continual thing about how, you know, you don't have mummy and daddy anymore together, but you still have, and you've you've already said that, you know, he's thriving because of it and he's in a great place, but was there a formal sit-down conversation? No, Just, no he was too young. The, the one thing I did, I had to keep detaching my emotions so many times mm. throughout the whole marriage, throughout the divorce process. It was very not, like... The whole thing was just so intense, but I had to keep detaching myself. So when I split with him, I had to look into our research prior to that. Mm. Children growing up in a household, like I've heard people around me say, my parents ruined my childhood mm. just by staying together. Yeah. All I witnessed was this. I don't want to get married. I don't believe mm-hmm. in marriage. Mm-hmm. And I also saw the concept of like anxiety, attachment issues. Yeah. So for me, when I looked into it, he's too two years of his life one of it he doesn't remember with his dad because naturally as babies we don't remember anything and all he now has is what we start building from now yeah and i would rather build the normality mm-hmm. of mum in one house mm-hmm. dad in another house mm-hmm. and never know any different mm. than for him to go but you lived the mummy or you lived with daddy and you used to do this and you used to do that and then him yearning for something that he already witnessed and already had a taste of. Mm. So for me, I was like, um, I'd rather pull the plug now mm-hmm. <laughs> and accept defeat than to stay in this marriage hoping it will change when it's, it's clearly gone from bad to worse. So it was very calculative. I had to forget how I feel, forget how I'm affected at that time and just go, I have to answer to God one day. I have to answer to Khalil one day. And explain why my son's been growing in this environment. Mm. And why he's become a product of this environment. And I can't do it. I think, personally as well, like, my parents should 100% have split up way before they did. And it would have saved, especially my brother, a lot of confusion, pain, feeling of, like, in the middle. And, Mm -hmm. you know, neither my mum or I have a relationship with my dad, but my brother does. Mm. So that also puts him in a situation where he feels like there's a lot of pressure on him and he carries a lot so then that then in turn makes him angry at us mm. because he's just like you're you none of you care I'm the one who has to do this I'm the one who has to do that which he's choosing to do but you know so from my perspective 1000% you couldn't have said it better and for anybody listening I totally feel this this way truly you are doing your children a disservice by prolonging a relationship which you know is wrong because even if like you just said you're previous partner was actually really good with Khalil and different with you that doesn't matter because no. Khalil's going to come to a point where he's like why do you treat my mum like that yeah and or that's then going to affect that's normality absolutely you're setting the bar maybe that's how men speak to women yeah and I think I you know while I'm saying all this obviously don't quit your relationship because she didn't you, know, you spent years no, trying no, to keep it that's going that's what I'm saying as in some people are like oh people just want to quit it's so easy divorce rates are so high like, mm. I get it there are there are a set number of people who just quit so quickly. They have this, like I said, divorce is very high in the first two years because two, three years, because it's like, you just think, okay, well, I can find something better. Mm. Or I don't, I, I never sign up for this. Not realizing marriage is actually hard work. Mm-hmm. Even the best of marriages are hard work. So it's like, don't be disillusioned into thinking marriage is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be so airy, fairy, fun. Like that's just 
yeah, you're going to be disappointed straight away. But there comes a point where if you guys have done everything within your means to, to try and make it work, the thing is, what I've learned very clearly, and that's my main argument, and it goes, well, you know, if you have, if you both believe in God and you both do this, why are you not together? Mm. Because you both need to want to make it work. Yeah. So if you have marriage values, but the other person's kind of sometime-ish, or they're a bit flaky when it comes to marriage values, mm. or they don't really understand, and they're not willing to put the hard work into it, mm-hmm. you can try and make this marriage work mm-hmm. over and over again, a million different angles, like mum like redating read this if the other party has no desire to grow yeah then this is a sinking ship i said yeah. i was filling someone's cup, cup up and i was dehydrating on mm-hmm. the other side of it mm-hmm. i was sailing a ship the minute i stopped it drowned mm-hmm. so it's just like realistically yeah i think this for me as well nothing exactly like you say and it needs to be a thing where when because you know in my relationship we have arguments all the time and there are times when i'm angry and I don't want to continue the conversation and I might have a tendency to walk off or whatever and then it's down to him to stop me from doing that Mm -hmm. and continue the conversation and we're not leaving this like this and times when he's in that boat and he doesn't want to carry on and he's pissed off and blah 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 and then I have to be the one to it that's what it that's what because people will say well what does that mean how do I know that's how you know if a person is that's what it means to keep this going if a person doesn't have that inertia to do or save the relationship as much as you do then there's that's where the imbalance is basically and also being able to like compensate for each other so there'll be days where i'm not 100 percent, and then like your partner should pick you up yeah and vice versa like Mm -hmm. there'll be times where like you know they're feeling defeated and deflated Mm -hmm. and you gotta pump some life into Mm -hmm. them and you gotta be like yo we're not doing this like you know respectfully you gotta understand every single person deals with like arguments in a different way confrontation a certain way they don't know how some people go into the box and they don't want to deal with confrontation other people want to have it here and now Mm. we're gonna we're gonna finish this argument right now whereas the other person's like no like i need to just take time out so it's having to understand each other's languages and going you can't dismiss if someone wants time out and you can't also dismiss the fact that someone wants answers straight away let's try and find the middle ground Mm. because that's part of a partnership is understanding that you're both different, but then you also want the same end goal. What was the life like, stigma-wise, when you got divorced? Stigma was... Because I know that you fought hard to even be with this person. Yeah. So now you're not with this person. That's the other... And I think that's, again, from like a cultural perspective, something mm-hmm. that isn't really understood. People think that, oh, okay... Because, you know, for a lot of white people, for example, divorce, Mm. all they have to deal with is the fact that they miss that person and, you know, maybe financial matters. Mm. But you're not hearing every day the rhetoric of, we told you not to do that, we told you to do it, or the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Which is, you should be still with that person. Yes, I've never been told, we never told, we told you so. Oh, that's good. That was the one thing that, I think it's because I got the blessing. Fine. So, like I said, they were able to They couldn't retract that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a case of, look he's a good guy but he's got issues mm-hmm. and you know there's certain things that aren't that aren't acceptable and it's okay but there was a level of stigma where my mum kept on saying your husband in front of people and like mama we've been split for a while she's mm. just like she's not ready to face, to face that. that in the community so i respected it at some point i was jarring i'm like mum like it's facts mm. it is what it is we don't live together anymore so i think i just had to let her run with that for mm. a while and it's just like it doesn't it doesn't phase me one bit it doesn't stop me from accepting my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than stigma, I carried a lot of guilt. Like, just knowing that my son would be yearning to see his dad and he'd be used to, like, hearing a car engine and running to the door or mm-hmm. seeing a white car and, like, hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. And then 
kind of like going robbing that him. from him yeah yeah like no bath time together mm. you know in the ideal world we'll, we'll kind of live close enough to each other and we'd be able to work as a unit but it wasn't healthy to start off with mm-hmm. it wasn't healthy when it ended mm-hmm. and we were never going to be that unit i tried to thrive towards mm. it but he struggled that i think to this day there's a level of anger and and, and hurt from him mm-hmm. but he's not been able to take accountability to move forward so instead, he's always been disgruntled that I ended it. Mm. So I can see it. So every time we do stuff together, I said, look, let's do things as a unit. Mm. I want Khalil to see happy mum and dad together sometimes. Mm-hmm. So for birthdays, we'll go out together, do like aquarium and mm. go to the beach. And then he'll be like, look, we could be good together. Oh <laughs> I'm like, baby God. boy, focus. focus. Uh, so these things had to end. Because yeah. I'm like, as much as I wanted it to be for my son, it just wasn't okay. But for me, more than stigma, it was just more the idea of carrying guilt for a very long time. And then when I started redating and mm. putting myself out there, then that's when the stigma kicked in amongst like the peers, like my age mates. Yeah. When they were like, oh, so you're divorced of a child. Ooh, I don't know about that. Mm. <laughs> and and realising that I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea because physically I have a title of divorced and single mother. Mm. And I just... It was hard because I'm like, but my personality bangs. I don't understand. Like, look past it. Mm. But I just had to accept it. It's interesting for you that the fact that he had a child didn't bother you. Well, obviously, it may have bothered you, but not enough to stop you. From oh, initially. Oh, my God. I was carrying energy with, I'm never going to marry someone with children. Mm. And then when I realised, all right, cool, life's not always as you want it. And I accepted it. So when I then was faced with... Yeah. And I'm like, This is what I'm saying, yeah. That's why it's so surprising. Well, not surprising, but that's another reflection of the difference between men and women, I guess. I think for men, it's a lot more acceptable or normalised for them to have children outside of marriage or with previous partners. And for women, it's like, why would she, how would she... Because I think the understanding is that it's always the the man who sort of gets away with it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So firstly, there's the concept, firstly, Islamically, just the... The prophet got married to someone who's divorced and someone who's older than him. Like, and there was no stigma behind it. It's encouraged. It's actually sort of like it's a good thing to mm. do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's just encouraged because then it shows that, you know, you're looking beyond that. And also, you know, sometimes it comes with wisdom. Mm. So, like, <laughs> you might be sitting, you might be missing on some, or sleeping on some Germans right there. But um, it's interesting because men aren't remotely hit with that stigma. Yeah. A man could be divorced three times. Yeah. Twice. To be fair, divorce is a step up. It's more, in my experience, a man's got multiple children. Yeah. Divorce doesn't even come into it because more time he hasn't even been married for any of the moms. Let's just take that. Yeah. So just a man with multiple children, he's looked at completely different. Sometimes he's rated amongst the community for for being that guy who's spreading his seed. Mm -hmm. You know, not every guy respects it, but there's there's enough guys Mm -hmm. to to allow the the narrative to continue through, through society. But a woman who has had one relationship with two with two children, then that failed, then they had another child, then it's like, oh, so you got how many kids of how many men? Yeah. It's just like, but life be life in for you, but Literally. it's not for a woman. Exactly that. And who are you breeding? It has to be someone's daughter. Yeah. It's got to be someone someone's sister. Mm-hmm. So, like, why are we why are we holding different energy for different people? And Islamically, from my perspective, men have no rights over women or no state over women for. For their journeys, whether you've been divorced, whether you're single, whether you have one child or ten children, there's nothing that's more like, oh, a man must marry this or a woman must marry this or when she's once she's married, she's frowned upon. This is all culture. Mm. Like another thing of getting married is that women women want to get married before they get expired. Yeah. 
before they've been told they've been put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So they rush into marriages, realising that that's not a person. And now not only have they been married to avoid expiring, but now that they're divorced, or they're too scared to get divorced because they don't want to be put on the shelf. So you suffer in regardless. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to round that one up. I think that was really, really, really insightful and really raw and brave of you to share that much. I really, really appreciate it. I really hope I don't regret this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see why you would. My podcast isn't as big as yours yet, so you're not going to get as I many mean, shows. Um, <laughs> I mean, this could rocket it. No, you're wrong. <laughs> but, you know, I think when I'm saying thank you, it's more from I know how many women are going to listen to this and men mm. and actually think, wow, she's speaking my life here. Mm. And it is so true. And there is so much that you were really, really honest and authentic about that people wouldn't I had no clue so Mm. I know a lot of people wouldn't know so I really appreciate it I appreciate you and in the next episode we're going to be talking about your incredible journey to where we are now in happy second marriage we're doing blended family but can you please share this episode reshare subscribe like comment engage on the instagram just push it forward it really really means the world so that i can then have more conversations with incredible guests like this and continue the message thank you bye